0: Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was
1: a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes.
0: And the outcome?
1: After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation,
0: but now he's personally liable. I'll say, another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now, listen to The Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer.
1: This is Brooke Lurie, and this is the Brooke Lurie Podcast. With me is my good friend and producer, Ari David. All right, so we have uh, a tremendous amount going on. The Hillary and the email scandals, I must say that uh, I don't think that this podcast will be somehow locked in time or somehow be irrelevant uh, 10 years from now. I, on the contrary, I think that the email scandals that we're dealing with reflect a sort of uh, a corrupt mendacity that will be historical. It, people will study Hillary Clinton in the same way, no, even more, uh, more significantly than the, than the way we now study Richard Nixon or, or other many pathological liars of the past. Um, in fact, more like, uh, like Nero, for the Roman emperor Nero, uh, who was crazy in his own way, but also mendacious in his own way. She's of that caliber. She's a pathological liar. And I, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean it as a diagnosis. I, I think that she truly is a pathological liar. And and the evidence is all there. And and liars who are pathological, they are they have one thing consistent about them, is they that they are shocked and insulted when you call them out on their lies, right? I mean, even Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, when he was called out on a couple of, you know, nonsensical things that he said during deposition and otherwise, even he uh, kind of had a wry smile on him while he responded and, and tried to he tried to explain it, and he says, "Well, I understand you're concerned about this, but let me let me assure you, there is a reasonable explanation for this." Not so with Hillary Clinton. When it comes to her, what she does is she laughs it off. And says that this is a, a Republican conspiracy, an attack dog that's, that's coming against me. And isn't that outrageous? Aren't you outraged with me? Right? This, this, is, this is who she is. And now the email scandals, um, you know, Ari, you just told me. That. I didn't realize this. But the, the server that the FBI now has, thank goodness, uh, that they're now gleaning all these emails after all. Uh, apparently, all this time I thought it was in some sort of basement or maybe, you know, that little, nice little empty nook, you know, underneath the staircase, you know, that, you know, a lot of people put their, maybe their stereophonic equipment and such, and their servers as it turns out. No, no, no. This, <laughs> this server, it was in some sort of bathroom. Like <laughs> your, your Secretary of State exchanging information with leaders so that of the rest of the world, going through the bathroom, all and right.
2: not a, not even in a luxurious marble floor bathroom in their, you know, special yeah. mansion, a bathroom in some two bedroom apartment in Denver, Colorado, or maybe Aurora, <sighs> some <sighs> suburb
1: of Denver. It, it it just shows the contempt that she had, you know, that, like this all doesn't matter. It's all it's all a big game, you know. For her, you know, being Secretary of State was a big game, right? It was all it was all funny stuff, you know. It's like when when the, the girl from the, the The Reese Witherspoon character from Legally Blonde, you know, that movie. It was a very funny movie. And she gets into Harvard Law School, and and her friend says, Wow, you got into Harvard? That's amazing. And she says, Oh, is that hard? (laughs) But, you know, apparently she was very bright. I mean, obviously that everyone would know in, in reality that Harvard Law School is a very difficult school to get into. But nevertheless, she plays that role. And she never took it seriously. And that's what that kind of movie was about. And likewise, I think Hillary Clinton took this whole politics thing as just one stepping stone for the next stepping stone to the next stepping stone. And, you know, the the fact that you actually have to do something as a senator for for New York and then as Secretary of State of the United States of America, well, that's not really, you know, I mean, you want me to do something? Uh, Really? Like what? (laughs) And so she trips around the country, the, the world, rather, meaning this or that. Dictator or other leader, and they do literally nothing, nothing, right? And so, so it's the way she she deals with her her uh, her emails, for example. I mean, no wonder she puts it in in the bathroom of her own house because she doesn't take herself seriously. She doesn't take this the the role of Secretary of State seriously. Nothing that she's done is serious, right? When people ask, you know, the, the basic question you ask any liberal, you, you say what. Well, Anyone, anyone who supports Hillary Clinton, at least You simply ask What has she accomplished? Just tell me Go I, I, I'll give you an hour You know what? Get, I'll give you ten hours Come back to me and, and, and after the end of the day And just write a list of the accomplishments That she's, she's made And uh, And they come up with literally nothing They have no idea what she's done they, And what they'll say, well, what are you talking about? Uh, she she was, was elected
2: to the Senate. She was elected twice. to the Senate She, she was, was Secretary of State. She was married to the President. She was married to a governor. She, was, she was married to the Arkansas Attorney General.
1: That's a lot of stuff. Yes. She was in a law firm at. Uh, she stayed married to a guy who was really bad to her. But, but there's literally nothing that she's done. What what uh, bill? You know, you know, they're always so excited about the bills that they propose and they advance because they love legislation, right? So, what bill did she, she, did she advance that the world, uh, sorry, that, that America was, was, that loved so much? What, what, you know, uh, you and I are not fans of regulation, generally speaking, but, e- but even that she hasn't done anything.
2: Well, some of the bills don't have anything to do with regulation. Sometimes they just have to do with erecting a plaque on a statue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I can't think of any.
1: I can't, maybe she did, who knows. But it's, it's crazy. And then, as Secretary of State, what have you done? What what where have you made the world a better place? What deal have you made with uh, this or that country, or have you you know pushed through? You know the the fact that you exist, the fact that you became appointed as Secretary of State or a senator, elected a senator, okay, but so what? That's like, that's, she reminds <laughs> she reminds me of George Costanza, you know when right. when he gets he goes into uh, to this office and he gets employed and he's an employee and he's got the Pinsky file. Right. Actually, it's a perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, Ari likes this because he knows He doesn't, know what, he doesn't do. know what to do with it. But he goes in nine to five, and he's told to do the Pisky file. And they keep on asking him, "What have you done with the Pisky file? How is it coming along?" "Oh, it's coming along, great, sir. Just Pisky, Pinsky, all the way." <laughs> and like for months like this, he's getting away with it, doing nothing. And then they finally, you know, they figure out that he's done nothing with the file. <laughs> they fire him. But <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: <laughs>
1: well, that's who she is. She's, yes. she's uh, George Costanza. He,
2: doing nothing. Yeah, as he said uh, about uh, when he worked at uh, Kruger Industrial Smoothing, my boss is completely out to lunch. You know I could get away with anything there for years. <laughs> as long as he doesn't go out of
0: business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and finally, you know, when, when the boss did, did, does nothing, and he, and, he, and he himself is a lazy sack of crap, right? George Costanza says, "How can you do this? How can you? He's, he's like disgusted with his boss, boss for doing the very same thing that he does, which is that he's completely lazy, and doesn't do anything, right? And so he, he suddenly picks up the mantle, and it suddenly is very responsible and demands, you know, you know, action to be happening, and suddenly he becomes a, a very uh, responsible and delegating person." Okay. Anyway, so so what is, she's she's done nothing. We 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 know that. It's kind of obvious. And, and then the, and, and, and the, despite the 10 hours yeah. you will give to a liberal, they won't be able to give up anything more than the fact that she's been those things, right? But of course, being those things are different than actually accomplishing any of those things. Or or you know, uh, the accomplishment is one thing, but it, even
2: more I think zeroing in on question to ask is what has she done that hasn't gone terribly? Why how terrible? has how are the people in Venezuela living any better? How are the people in Syria or Russia or Ukraine or North Korea living any better before what? or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll you. As Glenn Beck would say, yeah. the world is on fire.
1: Right. And I'll take you one step further because her actual job is not necessarily, and I, I think you meant this, is not to make the lives of people in, in, in Uzbekistan better, but rather to make the relationship um, with America better, right? So the Russia-America relationship better, uh, to, to at least to advance our position in the world or with, with, that, with respect to this or that country. Okay, and, and there's literally no country that you can point to where you can say our relationship with that country is better. With an exception, because we have to be fair, Cuba. We have now made our relationship with Cuba better. Right, with That's the, the government
2: other of Cuba, with yeah. the government of China, with yeah. the government of Iran. Right. Those people are doing better.
1: Right, but with our allies and, 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 and people that we, we, we should fear, like Russia— uh, who have, you know, a, a big uh, cudgel uh, to hold against us and who are doing all sorts of crazy things with us, um, you know, hacking and so forth. Uh, th- th- she's done nothing. You know, uh, you know, you could say, oh, well, wait a minute. She, you know what, also in fairness, I must say, now that I realize it, in fairness, she did uh, press a reset button.
2: I don't um, think they pressed it. I think she just presented it. Yes. is it, that
1: button, it was from symbolic. what I remember, didn't really do anything. Yeah, and nor, nor did it say reset, but that's in, in Russian. Yeah, it everyone. actually
2: said overload.
1: Yeah, overload, yeah. So I guess it worked. <laughs> that's right. Whoa. But nothing Nothing has, uh, has improved in, in any nation. She can't possibly say, with a straight face at least, that uh, thanks to my work as Secretary of State... Uh, we have now accomplished uh, a great trade agreement, or we have stabilized this or that country, um, and we don't have to worry about uh, war with this or that country, right? I mean, and I, all of our allies have suffered under this administration, uh, whether at the fault of Hillary Clinton or the Obama administration directly. Israel, England, Germany,
2: yeah, and what, South Korea, If I you may name make it. one point about this, which I think is germane, is the department that she was in charge of, the state department, yeah. is the department within our government that does something called international diplomacy. And I'm oversimplifying this for a reason. So all of you out there who are screaming at your computers and iPhones, duh, well, exactly. Yeah. International diplomacy, which is the alternative to any other form of... Uh, communication or conflict resolution, including military. And the Democrats, led by Obama, constantly tell us how important this thing called diplomacy is. And based on the primary importance they put on diplomacy, you would assume that there's a high priority for the quality of diplomacy engaged in and acted on and accomplished by this Obama administration for the majority of years it's been in power, right. and for the quality of her diplomacy to be so lacking. Right. I'm not saying John Kerry has done any better. That's not really the point. It's it, the point is that for diplomacy to be so primary in importance, you would think that Obama's Secretary of States and the departments
1: they head would do a better job at it. Well, of considering course.
2: they don't like any other op- op- alternative to yeah, no, diplomacy.
1: Well, and, and at the end of the day, you know, there was a part of me that thought that Obama was simply, you know, telling her what to do and what not to do, um, and, and I'm sure that he had some puppet strings here and there, but the reality was he didn't need that whatsoever. He, he just needs uh, Hillary Clinton to be Hillary Clinton. In other words, somebody who does nothing. That's all. And, and here you go. You know, just like if I were to hire George Costanza or the character of George Costanza in my office, anybody like him, right? I would I would know what I'm getting right if I if I want to mess up the files or just have nothing be done with the files at all that's the guy I would hire right I, right I, or your company to go out yeah, of yeah, business right well better you know what better yet if I wanted to sabotage a competitor law firm I would say oh you've got to hire this George Costanza guy and I would know that very quickly they would have a lot of problems right so. But, but that's that's what he wanted with Hillary Clinton. She was, in a sense, perfect for him because, on the one hand, uh, they, they gave her um, a position, a high-level cabinet position. So that satisfies her ego, I suppose. Uh, she's She has nothing to do with dom- the domestic agenda. She can't kind of mouth off about uh, this or that thing that she would have done uh, that Obama's not doing. And at the same time, he knows that uh, she will do nothing as Secretary of State, that, that in, in fact, he's, he's ensuring that his policy of weakening the country uh, is effectuated very nicely with one Hillary Rodham Clinton. It's, it's perfect. Couldn't have, it, it's, it's a brilliant chess move. I don't know that I, I'd give him that brilliance, but it was sometimes you realize that it's just the, the most perfect situation. You couldn't have planned it better, right? Just happens to be that,
2: and way. she happened to, to engage in actions that, when she became inconvenient to have around, she's got the magic ticket to take her straight to jail.
1: That's right, at his discretion. So, so it's it's so incredible. The, that that's a good point. Good final point. Look, um, I want to talk about another issue here, and and we've been talking of late uh, about Obama and his his administration, and whether or not we should be seeing his actions through the lens of somebody who is. Eager to help the country, um, just wants to kind of maintain a status quo for the country, or eager to see it decline a little bit, to get knocked down a few pegs. And as we spoke about in our last uh, podcast, we, we, we talked about uh, dropping, off, uh, dropping the kick gloves on this. Because, you know, at some point, you know, with all deference to the presidency, uh, there's a difference between the presidency and the president. Right, So here we have a president that uh, has no, no desire, as it turns out, to actually lift the country up. Just I don't see that happening. And we concluded, I think correctly, that when you look at the illegal immigration situation and the four factors that we discussed, particularly that he's not enforcing the border, that he actually sicked the Supreme Court on Arizona for enforcing the border, that he will... Veto any ban Of federal funding to sanctuary cities That's Obama uh, Vetoing it And that uh, finally that he's um, Also uh, supporting uh, No voter ID laws You can only Conclude from those four things that he wants Massive illegal Immigration to flood the country And the following chaos that comes with Yeah uh, That that you can say uh, I agree with you but that is a uh, we can't necessarily prove that conclusively. But you can prove conclusively, I think, beyond a reasonable doubt as they say, that he wants massive illegal immigration. And then you can ask the question, why does he want massive illegal immigration? That's another story. One could say, well, <clears throat> the most obvious reason is that this way uh, he'll have more votes uh, for the Democratic Party because they, they can't get votes from the, from the Americans who are not illegal, right? For the voting public, so chaos maybe maybe so you and I believe that, but you you can't prove that conclusively. Likewise, uh, there are other things that he's doing that suggest that he wants to undermine America. Okay, now remember, how can I say such a thing? Right, I'm I'm a very level-headed guy. I'm not a flamethrower. I I parse my words very carefully. I um, I don't yell. I don't even swear. But I do look at facts, and I, and I don't want to lie to myself just out of respect to the fact that there's a president uh, of the country and, and say, well, therefore, he must be wanting to do things right. I, I, you, can give him, you give him the benefit of the doubt, and then at some point, the facts kind of come in rushing in, and there's so many facts that you eventually say, no, sir, you are, you're hurting the country. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, Columbo, in uh, in the, the TV series Columbo, or any detective movie, right? Where you don't know whether or not this or that man was the man who murdered that person. He's a he's a person of interest at first, and then maybe he's a suspect, and maybe you ask him some more questions, and then you grill him more, and the and and, but he's still he's in the background, and you're, you're not so sure. And then more and more facts come in, and finally you. You get the picture showing him murdering that poor victim. And then you say, come with me, Mr. Smith. You are murderer, right? That's what you conclude. And it's, it's been six and a half years. And it started off with him doing the great apology tour of America. Now, you may say, well, what does that matter, Barack? That, that doesn't, I'm setting it up. So just listen to me for, you know, bear with me for a while. He comes to us with the notion that uh, we've been haughty, we've been arrogant. And he also says that we're not an exceptional country. Now, those things isolated in and of themselves, that doesn't mean much, but it reflects an attitude. And then the actions follow that attitude. And here are some of those actions. First, we talked about illegal immigration. That's consistent with this notion of, I want to bring America down a couple of pegs. Then we have this Iranian deal, which there's no way you could possibly say that this is good for America, or for that matter, the stability of the world, and certainly not for the stability of the Middle East. Okay? You're with me on this, Ari, right? Yes. Okay. Then uh, advancing um, the, the, all these EPA regulations that are designed to cripple business. There, there's no other way you can look at it. Like The EPA just recently came out with with more and more restrictions for coal and uh, other emissions and methane. Uh, Things that will, despite all the advisors telling the president and otherwise that this will have such a kibosh on the economy, they still move forward with it. And the EPA doesn't do anything without the the president knowing about this, okay? Then uh, the president, with the ICANN thing, when, when he wants to release the Internet to the global community. Why? Why? It, 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 it only increased the chances of hacking and undermined the security of the United States.
2: Or, we, or control of this free flow of information yes. tool into the hands of dictatorial
1: states. That's right. It's the the, U, the United Nations-ifying of the free flow of information. The difference is the United Nations is a totally ineffectual body that we can just laugh at. It, it occupies space in New York City, but that's about all they can really do. They're, they're lazy. This, however, is like releasing um, a, a tremendous amount of danger and also allowing people to hack in and, and ultimately consume uh, our very way of life. Uh, we joked offline, it's a little bit like the movie Terminator 3 when, when they decided to press the button to allow Skynet um, to assume control of all military operations throughout the country and the, and the world, and then very quickly realized that, that, the Skynet, that the machines were now taking over them. Okay? Uh, it's going to be like that. I'm not saying that there's going to be a, a robots taking over. I'm simply saying that what Obama thinks is going to be the result of, of this is simply not the case. It's going to be a disaster. We will rue that day. Now, fortunately, ICANN is kind of holding back and let's see what happens with that. Um, then you also have, of course, <clears throat> global warming, which is, I guess, related to the EPA thing that we're talking about. But this advancement of of global warming and all these emissions and all these regulations, uh, I suppose you could say, well, he's tr- he's trying to do it for the, ben- the betterment of America and that we should be a leader and such like that. But I don't think he believes that for a second. Um, and then a decrease in the military. I mean... It, People don't talk about this very much, but he's been responsible for overseeing the the biggest decrease in the military uh, since World War II. Uh, I'm sorry, that the the military has decreased to the size that that it was before World War II. And everything he's done associated with the military has been to the disadvantage of the military. For example, taking away guns from uh, soldiers in the military, on military bases in America. Very strange, right? Then Dodd-Frank, um, a, a, a bill that certainly will, has crippled and has had massive um, uh, negative impact upon our, our economy. These are the, the things that he does. To say nothing of the, the black-white divide that it keeps on fostering, right? I mean when, whenever there's a black-white issue, certainly a white cop somehow either beating or killing God, you know, God forbid. Uh, black, a black person, well, then, you know, he's in it. He's going to be very involved in it, and he wants to stoke the fires of that. You can't argue around that. This, this man wants to stoke the fires of racial discord, and he's doing it very well. Now, you can chime in with other examples, Ari, if you like, but these, to me, are, are reflective <clears throat> of an agenda, an agenda that's consistent with what he said, remember that, that America is not, not exceptional, that um, America has been arrogant, and a disdain for the history of colonialism, whether it's from the British Empire or from the so-called American Empire that doesn't exist. What do you think?
2: Uh, you know, I, I completely agree. It's, yeah. it, and There are so many more examples um, labeling the Fort Hood shooting as a uh,
1: a, workplace uh, uh, workplace uh, violence, violence yeah.
2: and then withholding the uh, benefits and the um, accolades and all the other things that would come to soldiers who were killed in a uh, an act of aggression against soldiers specifically. Yeah. Um, all the times he sides both domestically and in foreign lands with uh, Islam over Christianity and over. Uh, the Judeo-Christian heritage of America and what makes it great. All these little tacit references to things that never before had a history and still don't have a history of legacy for the improvement of America to the detriment of things that actually do.
1: That reminds me of two other things. You know, tying Israel's hands behind its back when it came to the the two Gaza wars um, that uh, happened during his uh, presidency and... Uh, of course, not responding sufficiently to ISIS, calling them a JV team, knowing in fact uh, he must know, must have known uh, the, the tremendous impact that ISIS has, giving absolutely no real attention to ISIS, letting them grow and flourish. I mean, just throwing a couple of bombs, you know, their way, and then saying that you're fighting them doesn't mean that you're fighting them.
2: Yeah, and that leads me to a perfect example of what we're talking about. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi in 2003. Mm-hmm. After seeing what happened to Iraq, immediately relinquished all weapon of mass destruction yeah. programs. That Libya he said, I'll, "I'll be a good boy." Is what I'll be saying. a good boy, and he did. He behaved. He was not a. You didn't want to live in Libya under his rule, but he he gave up his hegemonic and expansionist dreams. Something happened in Libya uh, during the um, Arab Spring, and immediately. Obama and Clinton decided to forego their diplomatic (laughs) strategies and and hit the military option on it immediately and blew up the darn country. And it led to all the things that conclude with the Benghazi situation. And now, of all things, ISIS is in control of Libya. On the other hand
1: So that's good uh, (laughs) Somebody's
2: in control It's a quick (laughs) Ghostbusters At least they have that going for them (laughs) For me it was Animal House or or Caddyshack Meanwhile in 2011 Bashar al-Assad uses chemical weapons on his own people Which was a few weeks before described as an uncrossable red line by our dear leader Barack Obama And what did he do? Yeah Nothing. Yeah. So the point is, he goes into a country that's relatively stable. And again, Middle Eastern relatively stable is <laughs> a different definition of stable than you and I understand here in Brentwood. Come but it. it was relatively stable by their standards, and he destabilizes it. Meanwhile, a, a country that required military action by the United States to prevent further instability, nothing happens. For, and now ISIS right. is in charge of it doing right. all the things. And, and, right.
1: and that's the point. It's this tepid response. So that he could say, "I'm doing something, but we know that he could do s- just even a little bit more. For example, the Iranian uh, so-called revolution uh, I think it was 2009 called the violet uh, yeah. the, the, what they call it Green. The, the Green, Green revolution. revolution." Yes, in 2009, that's right. I, I always get confused where all he needed to say is, "I'm with you." You know America stands behind you to the, to the young students and such who wanted to revolt. And instead he says, nothing. Let's see how it plays out. We don't want to get involved in this." And uh, as a consequence, it was a signature. It was a sign to the ayatollahs to go quash dramatically, and they did. That there was a brutal, brutal a uh, whole purge in the country. It was incredible, and then of course, doing nothing when it came to the Ukraine, um, other than say, you know, please don't do that, and we're looking at this, and uh, uh, that was totally forgotten, of course.
2: Yeah, and don't and, forget and, 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 Honduras.
1: And, yes, of course, Honduras at
2: the same time as Iran.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that uh, he could say that was a, like a big episode of Three's Company. You know, it was a big misunderstanding. You know, they suddenly realized that they were backing the wrong horse. But, but you're right. It's all about tepid responses. And you, can, you might say, look, Barack, you know, that just shows the sign of maybe a weak leader, somebody who doesn't know how to respond. Um, he doesn't want to commit military force to this. And he's, it's all political. To which I say, no, no, I don't think so. It's all delivered. He knows exactly what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, I, I think he knows. Libya approves exactly. it. Yeah. The, if, if, if this all happened in the first year of his presidency, I'd say you, you, you could have a decent argument there. But we've, we've known him now for six and a half years, and the pattern is too consistent, which is I'll do as little as possible so that nobody could say that I am um, doing something to actually hurt this country. But... Uh, but I'm not. I'm not going to get involved whatsoever. I'll pay the lip service where I need to. I sort of. I'll, I'll give Israel a little bit of money, and then that way, I'll people will will be able to say, "Look, he's giving money to Israel or lending money to Israel. We're, we're working on joint operations together. Isn't that great?" No, he's definitely not that man.
2: Yeah, giving Israel a missile defense system, while at the same time giving Iran a path to a nuclear weapon, is not playing equal with both sides and even if you were equally arming one and equally arming the other considering the moral reprehensibleness of one and the moral clarity and, and um, virtue. virtue of the other, mm-hmm. does, it means that if you were treating both of them the same, that's a moral flaw in itself too, because that well, means you're siding with the bad guys. And
1: well, don't forget that the Iranian deal also requires us to defend Iran from any sabotage sabotage or military attack from Israel. From, from Israel. Yes. It's not from not from America. It's from Israel. It's very clear. Yeah. And they negotiated that. And how the administration thought that we wouldn't pick up on that, uh, that's another story altogether. But it reflects this this desire to change the whole landscape of the world, not just America, mind you, the whole world. There is a deliberateness to it. And it's hard to assume that it is anything other than uh, knocking down America significantly. And uh, I I fear for this country. And the the question is, is it irreversible? I I think not. I think it is reversible. I think our country still has such prowess and power, and our economy is so strong that it would be very difficult, Mm -hmm. indeed, to uh, say anything other than that um, um, that we have a good chance of undoing this with the next, hopefully, Republican president. If he has the gumption and the nerve and a little bit of chutzpah to do the right thing. All right, when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about Hillary Clinton, but we'll also talk about the power of distinctions, a topic that uh, seems to have resonated very well with uh, our Sunday listeners. And I wanted to explore it uh, a little bit more. Don't go away, we'll be right back.
0: Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you recently handled a case where one brother was suing his two brothers, your clients. What happened? Well, Dennis, the two brothers struggled but succeeded to build three restaurants.
1: But when the third brother returned from being out of the country for 20 years, he sued to get one third of their business. He claimed an oral deal between them because he had once worked as a cook for them. So what did you do? Well, during trial, we got him to acknowledge certain key dates and to his complete lack of documentation. So when his side rested, we asked the court for what's called a directed verdict, a motion that gets rid of a case after fatal facts come out during trial. And the court agreed, shooting down all but one of the brothers' causes of action. And we settled that one for a very small amount and excused the jury.
0: And justice was done. My friends, you know that I trust Barack Lurie with my own business and other legalities. So to make sure a deal is done right, call him for your own legal issues. At 866-575-8111, that's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Park, 866-575-8111.
1: This Brock Lurie. We're back. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning back in. All right. So, the <laughs> latest developments in the Hillary Clinton email scandal is, uh, there, there are quite a few. First of all, we now understand from the FBI investigation, apparently it started with two. Um, they found out that there were two classified emails, and that was enough to justify a warrant to obtain the entire server. And now that they've obtained the entire server, they've learned that, in fact, she did try to arrange to wipe it clean. Now, she herself may not have done it, uh, but simply arranged for it. And then there was a cute comment that she made in a press conference: "What do you mean uh, wipe it clean? You know, did I take a wipey or something?" And ha ha ha. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it, it was clearly wiped. So why? You know, obviously it begs the question. And even. Though it was wiped, we now learn that there have been at least 200, I want to say, emails, and more closer to 300 emails, that have been designated as classified, that were on that server, which is a clear violation of the uh, of, of all sorts of securities. Uh, sorry, the, the security laws affecting the head of the Secretary of State, no less. Yeah, and Um, what classified means is it means
2: it fits the classification of either confidential, secret, top secret, or black ops, beyond top secret. Yeah, there are different levels. So when Hillary two days ago says, none of my emails were marked classified, believe it or not, Barack, she told the truth because nothing ever says classified on it. (laughs) Yeah. Classified yeah. means it fits a classification of security. Right, exactly. There, there's a category. Yeah. Which so we, here's the hair, here's a, and it's split, as you can see, into is, four pieces. Well,
1: this is all very interesting to her, but you people with your mumbo-jumbo, your words and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the Secretary of State. I, I I, secretary around. You know, this was just a... Uh, you know, just a, a plush job that someone gave to me because they, they needed to put me as a placeholder. I, I, they needed a warm body. <laughs> oh <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be serious about this? You, 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 you thought that I had to actually respect the law on this? How about this? I mean, you wanted me to actually engage in <laughs> diplomacy and, and exchange emails with people? Well, I thought I thought I was just a pretty face. I thought, what's she going to say next? I was just
2: Barack Obama's secretary, but unfortunately I only earned 75 cents on the dollar and kept hitting my head on the glass ceiling. Oh. He would never do, let me do anything other than get him coffee.
1: <laughs> well would, you, would like you? bad men, bring him a bucket of ice. Well, in fairness to her, it would make her no different than all the other females that are working for the administration. Whoa! jeez! Oh, tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. It's true. It's true. a good one, yeah. Right? I mean, it's, we, we now know that that, despite his claim and for injustice on behalf of the women that work in the administration, they in fact are, are making very little compared to the men. Surprise! You know, it's, and and here he is decrying this uh, inequality, uh, and of course, nowhere did did Hillary Clinton ever decry that inequality that she, she is now campaigning on. Right? All right. Let's get back to the emails. Point is. That uh, she is just backtracking and there is no explanation for this that, that's ever going to um, be justified. There are, there's poll after poll now saying I think 58% of the population, generally speaking, both Republican and Democrat. Of course, if you parse it out just a Republican, it'll be much higher percentage. But if you take the whole, 58% believe that she, is, um, she, she wrongfully um, handled the emails to, to be as charitable as possible. The, the, there was something like 35% or so uh, that believe that there is a legitimate explanation for what she did. So, okay. To you people, I'd like to know, how so? I mean, it, it, it's, you know, we always make that joke about the, the scene in Working Girl where the Melanie Griffith the character comes back <laughs> after being laid off, right? And she stumbles in her apartment, and she goes to her bedroom, and what does she see? Uh, you know, some other woman, you know, riding her boyfriend, you know, both of them are naked. And, you know, and he looks to her and says, honey, it's not what it looks like. It's not what you think. It's not what, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point, the point is, okay, what, she rolls her eyes and closes and slams the door. Of course, it's what she thinks. And you, you just get this. Like, what other explanation can there possibly be for what this is? Like, did, did this guy have a scratch that, need, and this is what she was helping this other woman was helping him with? Of course not. So there's no other explanation other than they were having a thing. Okay. The, the same thing is, is here. Like, what other explanation can you possibly have for this? I had a server. Uh, we know all the emails. Every single email that she sent or received was uh, through her personal. Account.
2: Yeah, she had no other was, accounts going.
1: Yeah, and, and if yeah. she did it, she never used it.
2: Yeah, Nothing and, from the State And Department. one more thing I want to add. Driving here, uh, Mark Levin said, the way it works in government is the same way it works in a corporation. It doesn't matter if you say it's a private email. If you send it on a company computer it's part of that company's email collection. If you send it on a government computer, it's part of the government's collection. So if she was doing government business on the homebrew server,
1: everything on that belongs to the government. Everything. Well, yeah, no, she could. Well, certainly on the State Department one, but there was no State Department. She never used a State no, Department email. No, she used
2: her own email server for all that government business, which means it by proxy, it's a government. Oh
1: yeah, that, piece that's, of, that, that's, that's obvious. Yeah. That's obvious.
2: And And you know, you said, well, what is this? What are we thinking? What does it look like? It's not just the email, remember. It's also the slush fund that is the charity called the Clinton Foundation. Of course. It is the uranium deals with the Russians and these people and that, and all the handouts and bribery. It's
1: a big duh. Yeah. <laughs> right? said there's no other explanation. You, can't, you cannot say that the reason why she did this was because, uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 there, there are too many things. First of all, why did she use a personal... Uh, account for her State Department business, right? And then separately, uh, how can she justify um, holding classified information, classified emails in particular, right? That there's just no getting around it. You just you don't have... All she can say, I suppose, is, I just didn't know, right? I, or, you know, woe is me, I had no idea, I'm so sorry. That's what she could say. That
2: would actually work.
1: That that's the only well, thing she not, can politically, say. Politically because it would at least be contrite us You know what? I made a mistake. Right. Whoops. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. And and then but she can't help herself. What she would say even if she said she made a mistake, she would say whoops, but so many other people did it too and I'm not the only one and why are you picking on me? Right? That's 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 what she would do. That's cuz that's who Hillary Clinton is. She can't accept actual blame. And then of course if she did say that, the problem is that she's already cornered herself, uh, talking points-wise, by saying that she opted for convenience. Remember this, right? And the two different servers, and which meant that she understood that there should be a distinction, but she didn't, right? And she was the one who also went on the attack for David Petraeus. Remember?
2: Yeah. She did that. Called him Petraeus. Yeah. She went after him when he showed someone with clearance yeah. some actual clearance. classified information on a home computer that was only illegal because the information should not have been on that home computer. Right. The person he showed had clearance. He had clearance. He just should have done it at the office,
1: not at home. That's right. And and he didn't email it to anybody else yes. either, and didn't receive it from anybody else. And there was not a classification issue. Anyway, crazy. Yeah. And there's one other point, though, that she could
2: make. You know, you said I'm good at pulling facts out of (laughs) of the gossamer. Well... She could actually have one political strategy, which is, you know what? I saw the corruption in the Obama administration. I saw, I think, Carol Browner at the EPA using a anonymous Yahoo account. I saw this person using a, a such and such account. I used my homebrew server because I was trying to protect all the government data, which I've now turned over voluntarily, right. unlike those insecure government servers used by the IRS that they fail to back up all the time. See right. how in Effective government is. Unfortunately, she can't use she can't. that conservative line of attack, no. and she's not going to go after Obama and his administration no, for their inefficiency not. and corruption in that way. You're 100
1: percent right. I, okay, let's let's I, I'd like to move on though, because um, it, it's interesting. It actually segues quite nicely into the topic that I mentioned we would be talking about, which is the value of distinctions, right? Isn't it interesting how <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you know right. I'm going with this, right? <laughs> so here's a woman we're about to say that 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 uh, the the far left has no value in distinguishing anything, you know, and we'll go into our examples of, you know, uh, uh, adult versus child, teacher versus student, and uh, man versus woman for the, for that matter. But here we are with, and we'll explain soon. But here we are with emails which she failed to distinguish, right? Personal life versus. Public, Public life. life, right? Government versus right, right. private, right? Legal versus illegal, <laughs> right? Classified versus unclassified. It's all a big jungle, <laughs> right. right? I mean, it's such a classic example. <laughs> oh uh, my God! Isn't it interesting, that's right? brilliant. It's so emblematic. That's the, that's the point. All right. So let's talk about uh, uh, because it, dovet- it dovetails so nicely into what we want to talk about. And I, on my Sunday show, I said, "Do you want to make somebody who's a far lefty?" Or, you know, what, who, if they call themselves a liberal, fine. Uh, if you want to make them really go crazy, ask them the following question. Is there a distinction in society that you feel is critical to honor, okay? And, this, and they say, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, uh, something like the difference between men and women. Do you think it's important to respect that distinction? Well, yes, Mr. Lurie. Of course. Well, but why? You, you just, i mean—in in what way do you honor it? You—you you seem to think that marriage should, should be between any anybody, right? And uh, maybe you think it's okay—it's it, appropriate to have men and women's bathrooms. But other than that, wh- where is your distinction? You know, what, what way? How do you distinguish it? I—I think men and women are wildly different, and I think we need to treat them differently. And uh, women should treat men differently. It's just the way we are, and that's the way they are. They're not inferior or superior. Well, let's face it, they are superior to us. But at the very least, they're certainly not inferior. And we, um, we, we respect that distinction, right? And, and we teach boys. We should be teaching boys differently than we're teaching girls, for example. And the whole thing with guns and dolls and, and all that stuff. So tell me how you honor that distinction, I understand that you know that there's a distinction, that boys have boy parts and girls have girl parts, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you honor that there's a distinction between them? Do you, do you see that there's relevance to that distinction? Right? <laughs> I likes that a lot. So, uh, so, so they, they won't be able to come up with one. You'll see. It's really fascinating. They will go crazy in the process. They have like a psychological block. It's almost like,
2: um, I'm not a fan of Freud, but in the terms we're used to using these days in sort of common parlance, it would be called like a Freudian slip or a a blind spot in their psyches. And it's not intellectual. It's psychological. Right. Right. It's, it's woven into, like, a, a form of almost um, inherent insanity.
1: Right. Like you said, their heads explode when you ask they them do. this. They because do. Because they can't okay. smooth it over intellectually. Right. And we'll talk at the end of this because, first, I want to go through the distinctions that there are that they don't honor. Then I want to go through what they claim to be distinctions, but they're really false distinctions. Okay. And that that's a very important uh, way to go about it. Okay. So um, – here is the uh, list of some distinctions that I see. And, I, again, what do you honor any of these? We talked about male and female. That there's certainly no difference to them of, of any significance other than the obvious physical differences. And try telling, uh, you know, a, a strong feminist about that, right? They'll say, you know, only the physical differences. And men have, uh, you know, penis for purposes of... Uh, you know, the helping and the impregnation part of it, and that's that. Thank you very much. And you men, you have, uh, we have a period, yes, but, but you also have your emotional ups and downs, too, and it's very similar. And, um, you know, we have the same sexual arousal that you men have, and, and men, you have feelings just like we have. It's all, what is it, stereotyped. That's how it's all been decided. It's, it's so ingrained in our culture. So, so they want to blend that all together. Okay, they, they they have to be confronted with the, the reality of the day, which is that men have penises, women have vaginas, and you know that they can't deny, right? And but even then, you know, apparently with Bruce Jenner, you know, a, a man can have a penis and still be call himself a woman
2: as long as he feels like it. The old as long Loretta as he feels it from *Life of Brian*.
1: So there you go. So even that distinction is is wiping uh, wiping clean as it were. All right, how about uh, the marriage? You know, that the marriage should be between a man and a woman Or that marriage should be there at all Right, I mean We, we, we had all this big fight about uh, gay marriage Same-sex marriage all this time And it begs the question, like, well, wait a minute I thought you on the far left All thought that marriage was just a piece of paper
2: Yeah, I thought you hated marriage
1: Yeah, you thought it was all silly It was an anachronistic uh, relic from the past And now all of a sudden you're fighting to the death for this And you're crying for it And isn't this wonderful And society we, we, we need this Okay, so they'll say, well, wait a minute, you know, Barack, you know, yes, it may not be so important, generally speaking, but we should not be, we, meaning the gay population, should not be uh, uh, discriminated against. Um, so even if it's something that's not of tremendous value, still, we, we should still assert the right to it to the extent that we believe in it. Okay, that's it. W- which is a nonsensical argument. Because in the reality, they don't really give, give a crap about marriage. People are having kids out of wedlock all the time. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is now, but it's really quite high, and it's climbing over the past few decades. So there really is no distinction in the marriage world. How about this? What constitutes a family, right? Um, Liberals all the time are talking about how families uh, are of all different kinds of shapes and sizes, and it could be your aunt-in-law and, the, and and your child, and, so, and that's just as legitimate a family as a father and mother and, and son, right?
2: I hope I'm not dropping it, uh, running ahead here, or yes. going ahead, but when you said that, I immediately thought of the difference between a conservative family and a liberal family, and it's not nuclear or extended. conservative family is mother, father, children, right, and any other relatives, either extended or nuclear, that may be involved. <laughs> a liberal family... Is a cult
1: leader and a bunch of murderers. <laughs> I think you are getting far ahead. You know the Manson. <laughs> I see that kind of family. Yes, yes. Right, but
2: they call it the Manson family.
1: <laughs> no, of course, of course. But uh, but
2: but, but uh, that. Koresh,
1: Scientology. All these are families. You know, I really can't work under these conditions. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. Go. <laughs> I just, I, I can't handle that anymore. I, this has been an Ari David moment. He's gone far <laughs> afield of the topic. Let's let's go back. <laughs> I apologize <laughs> to the station for the words of Ari David. What's that you say? There is no station involved here. It's just a podcast. All right. <laughs> uh, the fa- but the point is the family they, you know They're so hot to trot about How the family means just about anything you want it to mean right. uh, It could be one grandparent And two uncles and whatever it's, No you know, we, In an emergency Sure, of course But the ideal, that's the whole point Is that do you respect the ideal Do you have a distinction for what the ideal is That there's that a, that a mother and a father And of course you've heard this Old uh, mantra that they use all the time it's a canard which is that well would you rather have two loving gay parents or two abusive heterosexual parents as if that's the only option right <laughs> you pick or choose right now gunpoint right, right. <laughs> kind of like what they say about the iranian deal right you know either this deal or war Right. <laughs> like no, it's there are other options here, and there is such a thing as a heterosexual couple that is not abusive. And
2: there is a family with the um, patriarch named O'Donnell that is obviously a non-heterosexual couple that seems to be pretty abusive because they got divorced. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not right? the reason. Right. Meaning, abusive, meaning but. these beautiful non-traditional marriages are not always as non-volatile as our leftist friends say they yeah, are.
1: that's right. That's of course they're normal. Right. You know, they, they, they suffer the same weaknesses as any relationship Long-term relationship or otherwise It's just stuff happens And uh, not, not all gay uh, marriages uh, involve two parents Who are just such wonderful people I guess surprise, surprise Some of them are criminals Some of them are, are mean Some of them are selfish Some of them are lazy Some of them are just bad parents Right? I mean, surprise Welcome to our world Right? This, right. Is, this is the way it works and we, as, as if we have to enunciate this this obvious point. But anyway, um, they, the family can mean anything. That's a it's a distinction that they they don't care for. You understand? How about this? The distinction between parent and child. Now, this I, I explored deeply in the Sunday show. And the notion is here that somehow you, you know, a parent is simply a big child, right? That, that, that's what it is. I mean, that's one of the... <laughs> with the driver's license. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you know, so they, they, they even hesitate to use the word adult, right? I mean, even now with, uh, with uh, the reducing the voting age, or there's talk now of reducing the votage, voting age down to 15, as if somehow they have the responsibility to, to, to vote, right? It's this kind of uh, eviscerating the boundary line between adult and child,
2: in fact, there's only one area our friends on the left even use the word adult, and it pertains usually to a form of visual entertainment produced in the northwest San Fernando Valley. Right. There, exactly. they'll use the word adult all the time. Yes, all the time. But, yeah. and, and they're constantly trying to make that type of entertainment accessible to younger and younger people, ironically. Right,
1: which leads us to the next uh, distinction, which is the distinction between what you teach in school vis-a-vis sex. And what do, what do I mean by that? I mean that, that, that they're reducing the grade level at which they are teaching kids about sex. And they're not only teaching them about heterosexual sex, which is one thing. I, I'm, I, you know, you're already balking at that. right? I mean, I don't want my, my kindergarten kid or first grader to learn about sex at first grade. I don't care how, what age-appropriate language you think you're using. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear my, my child learning about this. Um, But they're also teaching them about anal sex, about homosexuality. And, you know, it's just so bizarre. There is no distinguishing anymore. It's a big blur.
2: I would even classify it as non-biological sexual function. Yeah. Meaning only uh, hedonistic sexual function, which undermines the entire reason we were sold the idea of teaching those subjects to non-adults in the first place. Well, they have to know how the equipment works. Okay, fine if it's part of biology or something for yeah. older kids. But once it gets into the purely hedonistic pursuits, it's all about
1: adoring, ple- it's all about the pleasuring. Yes, that these are and, 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 and androgynous zones is that the correct phrase or these are sexual uh, sexual places that you can explore? Hierogynous. Hierogynous. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Not uh, that I know, but oh, yeah, yeah, right. But I learned it in school.
1: Yeah. There you go. It's a big fancy uh, SAT word, right? So you have um, uh, this. Th- there's a failure to distinguish that. And how about teacher and child, right? I mean, all of a sudden, uh, the teachers are by their first name. And the teachers uh, don't command that kind of respect. And, in fact, in, in, in Los Angeles right now, if you, were to, if you were to say F you to the teacher or raise your middle finger to the teacher, the teacher has no ability to, to punish you. Now, why, why they allowed for that to happen in the L.A. school district is a bit of a mystery to me. Maybe they felt it was a, an expansion of the First Amendment, and isn't, isn't that a great thing? But in the process, of course, they they made it much more difficult for teachers to, to teach, whether they're in a union or otherwise, okay? So that's that's another example of just blurring the lines. Same, same thing with... Um, Child and adult generally speaking, we talked about not just parent and child.
2: Not calling the adult Mr. or Mrs. Yeah. or Madam or Ma'am or yeah. Sir and said it's Fred.
1: Yeah, this is Barack. Yeah. This is you know, I, I hear this all the time. And I, I really respect the parents who say this is Mr. Barack. You yeah, know fine. You don't they don't have to be Mr. Lurie. But at least Mister in front Formalize of my first Formalize the title. Formalize the title. Yeah. yeah. And, and that leads This means to, he's an adult. Right.
2: And that leads to a, a couple of things I really want to quickly address in the vein of teacher-student-adult-kid yeah. is the idea of friendship. The whole idea they do this, the whole reason they do this is by saying essentially, well, your parents are your friends. Your teacher is just your friend. You can trust your friends. Right. You have to care about your friends. But notice what what distinction is is lost there. Does everyone at school have to be your friends? Just because someone isn't bullying you or you're not bullying them, does that mean that that kid is my friend? No. Yeah, we're not all friends here. Right. May friends know their are name,
1: special. They, they may be an acquaintance. Yeah. Right.
2: They might be acquaintance. They might be someone. I just don't like being around, but it doesn't mean I, I'm hostile. i just right. not friends. And and furthermore, that then bullies the idea of between bully and victims. Right. You know, kids are not taught anymore to stand up for themselves. It used to be there was a way you could turn a bully into a friend by standing up to them, yeah, which then you're then
1: no longer the, allowed to do. Right. And they try to force that fit, which uh, leads to another, kind of related to the next topic, which is winners and losers. There are no winners and no losers, right? Um, and uh, you get a trophy just for showing up. And if, you, if the score is too high, well, then you've got to consider not uh, publishing the score because it might offend the losing team or might embarrass the losing team too, too much, uh, which leads to the next distinction that the liberals hate, which is the notion of shame and honor. Uh, they might be ashamed, right? Hence the word shame. Well, there's nothing wrong with shame. In fact, we want shame in our society. There's the, it, it helps motivate us to some extent. We don't want people, you know, just, you know, being caught and going to jail. We also want them to feel a little ashamed for what they have done, uh, that that has caused them to get caught. It's a good thing, and that shame also prevents them from doing bad things.
2: Right. It motivates and demotivates. It motivates you not to do things that are going to bring shame upon yourself and others, right. and it motivates you to do to seek
1: accomplishment
2: that's that's actually tangible
1: yeah. and, and likewise with honor right so if you do make the first prize that you should get an award it'd be nice okay that's honorable and then if you if you don't make it and you constantly make uh you know you never get beyond sixth place in in, in a race well maybe you know what maybe running is not for you maybe you're better at tennis maybe you're better at uh, badminton maybe you're better at volleyball who knows okay but you're not a runner Okay, so move on.
2: Is Figure it, it out. Right. And isn't it funny that they always say to us, well, the fun is just showing up. Well, why can't for just showing up, you, do you get fun? What do you need the trophy for showing up for? Yeah, exactly. It's a
1: total contradiction of their, their mantras. Right. Well, that's, that's – okay, next one is that we're all this – is, this is a kind of a new thing in the past few decades, past 30 years, I would say. Have you heard this notion that we're all part of a sexual spectrum? Right? We're all partly homosexual. No one's really, very few people are truly all the way heterosexual or purely all the way homosexual. Well, actually, they do think that they're all purely homosexual, but but, <laughs> right. but but only only the heterosexuals have some homosexuality in them, right? Yes. Right. right? It's, oh it's my bizarre. God, that's brilliant. Yeah? Yes. So it's it's some sort of spectrum here. It's all a big mess, and 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 some time in your life you might be heterosexual, sure, but then you discover you're homosexual, and then you might go back to a little bit more heterosexual. It's up to you, dude. It's it's cool. Don't worry. It's all a big mess. And uh, and there's no difference between being homosexual and heterosexual. There's no there's no ideal one way or the other. And and uh, you know you could raise your kids uh, whether you're with a uh, somebody of the same sex or whether it's somebody of the opposite sex. In fact, you might be better with somebody of the same sex as a parent. Or it might be within a whole family called our cult. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because it's going there, right? Because we, 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 cult. That, That's one distinction that will also go bye-bye, which is. You know, whom do you love, right? If, if it's three people or four people, who, who are you to say that you should, you should make the two-person distinction? Maybe that's the one thing that, they'll, that they will say. We'll talk about that as a false distinction later on, right? But they're, they're not really hot to trot about that, that they must have two people. They laugh at us for bringing up polygamy as a, a necessary consequence of the, of the gay marriage reasoning. They laugh at us about that. But they don't say that would be wrong, Yes, that's it's an interesting point, right? Anyway, no distinctions there. Um, other, uh, a lesser one is a no. Have you noticed the blurring of the lines of family family time for TV, right? It used to be that up to 8:30 uh, or 9 o'clock, you were pretty safe on network TV at least. No swearing. Um, you could you could put your, your child in front of the TV and not worry that you're gonna have to cover their eyes. All of a sudden now, perhaps with um, not Miley Cyrus, but uh, the wardrobe malfunction thing uh, Janet Jackson, right? Um, yeah, the
2: Super, the Super Bowl The number one rated watch yeah. The most watched thing for families yeah. in the
1: country The one thing you think is not going to happen It happens, right? right. See, all of a sudden you see nudity you know, and, like, and, and we should all take a chill pill somehow No, there, you know what? There are some kids walking, watching This Super Bowl, thank you very much And we don't need to see that And it was an accident, it was shoved in our face. It was shoved in our faces And that's again a blurring of the line, no distinction But but that's not the biggest one. Um, here's another one. What constitutes art? Right? Who, who are you to say that this is not good art? This, this canvas with one dot in the middle of it. It's great art, Ari. Don't you see? Don't you get it? You know, that this is the way they think, that, that, that the art of today, which you know, I'm talking about modern art, the abstract art with one dot in the middle of the canvas, or just pure orange, for example, or for that matter, feces smeared on, on a floor, okay, or a toilet, that somehow that is as good art, quality-wise, as anything Leonardo da Vinci provided us, right? No, there is a distinction between good art and crap, okay? And, and oddly enough, sometimes they present crap as actual art, literally. Okay, so that's
2: it. Makes it easier to tell the crap art. Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That is crap. So
1: you can say no. I'm just saying it's crap. It's crap. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Good point. Good point. I stand corrected. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so it's a big blur of the art in the art world as well. So, but but mark my words, there is they will go out of their way to say, you are not one to say, what is art and what is not art, because you know what. You, sir, are not a professor of art history, or you're not an expert otherwise. So shut your mouth, okay? When, in fact, we should know differently. All right, uh, what we should t- teach our children, we talked about that. Um, how about something very easy, the difference between good and evil, right? That's the big mama of all the distinctions, right?
2: That's the big matzo ball sitting in the corner of the room over there. <laughs> That's
1: right. Wow, look at that matzo ball. Yeah. Um, good and evil. It, to, to talk about evil these days is to, to a liberal. They they look at you as if you're you're talking about that you're using this ancient language that that is embarrassing. I mean, evil? Really? Yeah. All that's right, how they
2: react. Like a, you're, you're a curiosity. Yeah. You're, you're like going to use the buggy whip.
1: Yeah. You're going to use the word evil, <laughs> please. I, I suppose you also believe in the devil and uh, horns and and witchcraft, don't you? Uh, no, evil is is something that belonged to the old days. Today we don't have evil. It's been replaced with, with bad economic circumstances, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what evil is now. <laughs> it's not evil. It's recession. It's recession. <laughs> if only we made them less poor, then everything will be. Then they'll be good. But then and everyone's is- good, by the way. By the way, that's the beauty of it. Everyone's good but no nobody's evil unless you're George Bush so that that's that's the point no, okay? Nobody's evil. There's this big blurring. And we're seeing it in from a foreign policy point of view, aren't we? Right? Look at what we did with Syria. Look what we did with with uh, Libya. Look what we did with, of course, ISIS and such. Yeah, we're fighting them, but are we really fighting them?
2: Yeah, and we see it domestically. Michael Brown, Trayvon, crime, uh, illegal aliens killing people on the street. Yeah. Right.
1: And they all say the facts don't matter. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. And, of course, the facts do matter. The facts are the very thing that d- determine whether what you've done is evil or not. Right? <laughs> don't say, you wouldn't say, like, what's his name, um, uh, the Ponzi scheme guy, the big. Uh, Madoff. Bernie Madoff, that he, um, you know, he does this horrific uh, Ponzi scheme and just bilks investors out of millions of dollars, ruins their lives. You wouldn't say, well, you know, the facts don't really matter. Let's, yeah. Let, let's let him go. Yeah. Right? Great okay. point. Right? Brilliant or, point. Or vice versa. You know, if somebody didn't commit the murder. Um, you know, he's wrongly accused And you say the facts don't matter, let's put him in prison Because it, it just feels good to put this particular man Who, let's say, oh I don't know, might be a white cop Who may have, who's been accused of killing a black man Never mind that the evidence clearly showed That, that he did everything right and did not murder anybody Well, let's, the facts don't matter It's all a big blurring of the lines um, and then, of course, good and evil, we talked about Iran, Syria, Cuba, Venezuela, as opposed to Israel and England. Somehow, they're all the one and the same. I, and, uh, yeah. Uh, you brought up a good example uh, offline about abortion, right? What, What is... What's the appropriate time to abort? And what, what is an abor- and abortion? I an mean, abortion
2: is just a different kind of birth?
1: Right. It's just a different kind of birth. Yeah, exactly right. And it's a big blurring. You know, because they, they want to say, well, it's a thing, you know, and... and you know, but of course, it's a baby. Sometimes it's, you know, it's it's like a, they, they talk about babies in the womb, like uh, some people talk about light being a particle or a wave, <laughs> right? Well, is it a baby or is it a is it a, a, t- a bunch of tissue? You know, it, well, it depends. If if you want it, then it's a baby, and if you don't want it, then it's then it's a piece of tissue. It's just a it's a, it's a wart. It's an uncomfortable uh, clump of cells. This is this is this, and that of course leads to the shame argument as well. Right and wrong, moral and, and immoral. Ask them that. Is there such a thing as immoral? Is there such a thing as wrong? Right from a from a standpoint of what you wear in, in, in society, what you what you do, how you comport yourself, the words you choose. Right. And, and, and
2: we all, as kids, heard this. But maybe not you. But I remember my generation. How often did you hear that? You know, a teacher asks a question. He says, "Come on, answer it. There are no wrong answers." Right. And I used to think, what the hell are you talking about? Every answer is wrong except for the one answer that's right.
1: Right. Well, if there, even when there are multiple possibilities like your opinion for example, right. there are still wrong answers. There like are still, you, you can say blue, that's a wrong answer. That's not an opinion. Right. For instance, if it's a philosophical question about
2: society and your answer is the hitlerian roundup and murder of the Jews, right. that's a wrong answer.
1: How about right. uh, okay? So here's another distinction: the holy and the unholy. Yes. And of course, they, they've already erased a religion altogether. So of course, there's no distinction there. Um, and it's the surest way, the, the way they think, um, is the surest way to foment chaos. And if, it, if they don't want chaos, well, then they should be, um, they, they shouldn't be so naive to not realize that that what they believe in, in fact, leads to chaos. And, and there are many other examples, I mean, I'll just uh, throw a bunch of them, that uh, all drugs should be legal, right? There's there's no distinction between um, what an illegal substance should be uh, and uh, legal substances. Yeah, they, they always, aspirin or heroin. Right. Yeah. They, they, that's right. They, they talk about legalizing drugs, and that sounds nice and libertarian and such, but in reality, it's another example of the eradication of distinctions. And you might like it, and I, I know you, you are for the... Um, the uh, legalization of some drugs but they never actually go further and and actually make a distinction they just say let's legalize drugs sounds nice but then you actually get into the details all right uh and then um you never need to dress formally for anything these days right i mean the dressing the only time they dress up is for the academy awards right (laughs) maybe for a funeral (laughs) they certainly don't dress up for church anymore there's this notion that like things don't matter the way you dress. Uh, people don't have the formality, and if they do, they, they dress uh, in an overly sexualized way. The distinction of how you dress, not so important. Well, overly
2: sexualized and overly primitivized, meaning yes. the piercings, the tattoos, the scarification, the body modification. Right. It's all part of a, I'm going to rub my individuality
1: in your face kind of attitude. Want to blow your mind now on the next one? Citizenship and non-citizenship. Yes. Right? It's all a big blur. No distinctions
2: Right, citizenship is just a construct of our patriarchal heritage Yes It's just
1: oppression And for that matter, English Using that as a language that you should and must know In order to become a citizen Well, that's also patriarchal, right? Yeah Uh, That America has a distinct and positive history compared to other cultures No, 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 no Don't you know that all cultures are exactly the same? There is no distinction Do you see where I'm going with this, folks? I think I've really hit on something here.
2: Well, let me answer the question. See where Mm -hmm. you're going? You're going to a very dark place indeed. A very terrifying, scary, chaotic world in which no one knows which way's up.
1: Right. Uh, That's exactly what it is. Now, now the liberal, in fairness, I said I'm going to tell you what their arguments are. Because in fairness, they'll say, well, what are you talking about? We also believe in distinctions. We believe, for example, in uh, keeping guns away from uh, little boys and not, not... Encouraging that we want to make a distinction there, uh, and likewise, they also want to uh, separate God from the public square. Right? That's a distinction, but it's a false distinction, my friends. Both of those things, because in reality, and this by the way also applies to cigarettes too. God's guns, God guns and uh, smoking. What they really want to do with all th- those three things is eradicate them all. This is not about a distinction. It's not about saying, let's have every, all you people who want to believe in God, that's fine. You go ahead and do with your church thing and everything else. No, they want to fight tooth and nail. And in fact, they are going into your churches and they're telling you what you must do in your church. You must now marry a gay couple. You must now uh, adopt the Kool-Aid of, of global warming, for example. Yeah, you must now allow devil worshippers, Satanists,
2: or Muslims yeah. for interfaith dialogue. Right,
1: or you lose your 501c3 status. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right? Uh, and it's a violation of the First Amendment because, after all, you know, the government's involved by giving you a 501c3 charitable um, uh, status. And uh, you're doing something that's clearly pro, you know, your religion and you... You're forcing your particular uh, you know, beliefs and, and the Supreme Court just found that there is a right to gay marriage on a constitutional basis. Well, I'm a, sorry, my friend, but you're going to have to give up your whole religion.
2: Now, I'm curious how you'd respond to this argument because yeah. I heard this one before. It was about those bakers. But you see what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And the florists who were... Who are these lawsuits because they didn't want to yeah. Participate in a gay wedding under the Idea that it violated the religious freedom A liberal said to me well they're Free to believe whatever they want in church but Once they go out into the world and they're part of Commerce they're regulated by The rules and regulations that we All have to
1: abide to of non-discrimination Yeah uh, yeah I, I, I What I say about that is that I think That's inevitable I mean look Take for example you talk about the, the commerce On the road right Um what if, for example, a truck driver who believes, uh, who's very Christian, and he loves uh, Jesus, and he wants to share it, and he owns his truck, but he's delivering goods on behalf of uh, commerce, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's the commerce clause and everything else, and, and he puts a, um, a cross of Jesus or some other pro-Christian uh, motto on his uh, truck, maybe on the mud, mud flaps, for example, instead of that silhouetted girl, right, that you, that you often see. Well, someone will pull them over and say, "You can't, you can't do that. That's a violation of the First Amendment. And uh, you're 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 doing commerce, and uh, we have a say in that matter. What's to stop them from doing that? You you are advocating a particular faith, and so you know it, it's it's this eradication. That's really what's going on. It's not a distinction. It's an attempt to eradicate. Okay, it's no more so than than Hitler. Saying, "Oh, I, I just want the Jews to live somewhere else." No, he, want, he wanted to eradicate them. And I'm not equating liberals to to Hitler, by the way. Yeah, okay, no, I'm, I'll do
2: that part of it on the show. You, <laughs> I, I'm simply know.
1: saying, I'm simply saying that, that you might as well make that argument.
2: Yeah. Well, what's interesting to hear how much the liberals hated the prohibition of alcohol. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that they would that they want the prohibition of god guns and tobacco
1: products? Oh, it's 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 such a bizarre. Um, uh, position that they have, and at the same time they want the legalization of drugs. I mean, we, 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 it, it's bizarre. It's really very bizarre. And that the, the they want the flourishing of sex, they want the flourishing of drugs, they want the, um, and at the same time, um, they um, they seem to love regulations, which is another distinction, a false distinction, by the way. That we, we like regulations We like law and order And you guys, you Ari and Barack You're the ones who want this free market What are you talking about? You're not, you're not so uh, loving of, of uh, distinctions You're all over the place When it comes to the free market and To which I say You don't know what you're talking about These regulations just create a mess They are in fact A, a destruction of distinctions Take Dodd-Frank uh, Or uh, Frank Dodd Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank, okay. Uh, take, uh, uh, you know... Um, Obamacare. Obamacare. All these things, they're, they're such messes, and they're designed to completely obliterate structure that once was. That's, that's what they do. So and it, Yeah, it's,
2: debtor, creditor, doctor, patient, insurance exactly right. company, insurance holder.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, this is the... And then, as a social construct altogether... The notion of when somebody commits a crime, and then they say, well, you know what, I forgive him, whatever, and, and uh, they, they let him go into society at large. This is, again, a blurring of distinctions. No, a criminal belongs in jail, and he should do his time. Okay? Now, yes, you should separate those who are violent criminals versus those who do nonviolent crimes, of course. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's a distinction without significance to them.
2: And they also, in that vein, this is an important distinction, they lose. They constantly will tell you, well, punishing crime doesn't um, make the, the Determ- criminal, yeah. uh, well, not just deter, but doesn't make the criminal not be a criminal. And they forget the reason det- the detention of a criminal in a prison is the selected punishment for the free society is to keep the criminal away from the Good people of the free society, so they know they're safe. Right. Instead, it's not were... the good people's responsibility to walk around in a free society, looking over their shoulder every moment, wondering, "I wonder if the criminal is reformed." Right. Yeah. You don't it's, know who, where he is. Yeah. It's not about the punishment for the criminal. It's about our
1: peace of mind. Right. Anyway, so the blurring of distinctions. Right. This is what liberalism is all about. At the end of the day, and you just ask your liberal friend, "What do you believe?" is an important distinction to maintain. Not the false distinctions we talked about, but a real distinction where you think it's very important, it's very healthy, parent and child, teacher and student, a child and adult, those kinds of things. What do you believe in? Good and evil? Holy and unholy? Moral and and immoral? What are they? Describe. This is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week.